And we're recording. Wanna be the papa, and you can be the mom. What a lyrical genius Sean Paul was. I'm surprised that people don't talk about him more in poetry books. Still is. If they don't have him mentioned somewhere in a history book for elementary students, it's a travesty to his legacy, in all honesty. Hey, what's going on, guys? (laughs) He should be. What's going on, guys? My name's Don. I'm joined today by a couple of co-hosts, Bundy. And Damien. Uh, fun uh, fact, Bundy's favorite team is the only one who has a playoff win this year. So that's cool. Suck it. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know what? The Broncos had five wins two years ago and six wins last year. So they're, you're getting there. Figure 10 years from now, AFC Championship game, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, pretty good weekend uh, football. I didn't get to watch too much of it. It was working, but what little bit I could watch, I caught. Uh, it's just some good games. Some surprises and some not-so-surprising things, like Lamar Jackson. Not surprising. We'll get into that, though. So, uh, start off, I guess, Saturday... We had the uh, number six seed Colts going to Houston to play the three seed Texans. And the Colts just manhandled them the entire game. It wasn't close. The score was 21 to 7, but the game wasn't close. It was bad. Not at all. It's kind of interesting that both these teams would play right away. Uh, Houston, 0 and 3 to start the season, ended up 11 and 5. The Colts started 1 and 5. Ended up ten and six. So, two teams that really just ended the season strongly. But at the end of the day, I think the Colts with Andrew Luck are a better team, and they won, which is what we all said would happen. Uh, Joel, who's not here today, he's working. Joel said the Texans would win, and I'm not sure why. He said just to be different, but it didn't work out for him. No, Andrew Luck MVP question mark. Possibly. No. no. They're well, going to give it to Mahomes just because. Are you sure, though? Because, like, I don't know I don't know how the voting goes, but if the voting doesn't end until, After like, a week, until like, a week before the Super Bowl and Andrew Luck's in the Super Bowl, my yeah, vote's on if, Andrew Luck. If, if it plays like that and the voting isn't until way later in the year, then Andrew Luck could still very well win it, especially if Mahomes falls flat on his face against the Colts here this upcoming weekend, which would be interesting, and something I think will happen. Just for a little precursor into my prediction later. So yeah, I mean, both teams started off poorly. Um, The Colts won in Week 17 against a uh, good defensive Titans team get themselves a playoff spot and uh, we said it well week 13 14 if the colts do make a run and make the playoffs look out yeah and they're in and they won so now it's they kind of control their own destiny at this point 
feel like I feel like the Colts could have won by a hell of a lot more. They could have. I think they could. I feel like they kind of let off the gas a little bit. Yeah, right around halftime they just stopped uh, stopped trying. Which is, if you're gonna do that against the Chiefs, you're not gonna win. No. But uh, if they can play a complete game next week, they have a very, very good chance to knock off the number one seed. I agree. I like their defense, too. I don't think you shouldn't sleep on their defense, either. Yeah, they're not getting near enough credit, especially the last six, seven weeks of the year. Just dominating. Bundy, you got anything on that uh, Colts game? Colts game, uh, not much of a surprise to me, personally. Figured Andrew Luck and the boys were going to go in there and get it done. Uh, I did say that. And the way Andrew Luck played in week 17 was a little bit scary. And I said that if the defense plays like they are capable of, they should easily handle the Houston Texans, which ultimately is what happened. Because Houston couldn't do shit on offense, and Andrew Luck played marginally better than what he did week 17 so uh not too surprised by the outcome of that game at all honestly no i don't think a lot of people were houston was kind of on the backslide yeah i said it i said it last week though when we were talking about it i i didn't think there was anything about houston that was was scary no uh i don't know they just I think the only scary part about the Texans was the fact they started one and three and they went on that big tear, and that was about yeah. it. Yeah. But if you look at that tear, even it, there were some games in there, like even against Denver, where they just barely squeaked one out. I Did mean, they like barely beat the Redskins as well. Uh, I have to look back. Did they really whoop anybody's ass? I don't think they necessarily whipped anybody's ass. They just found ways to win games. I have a song dedication for the Houston Texans. Yeah, he fell apart. Right when it mattered, too. Sean Watson. Come on. Do better. Just get better. Let's just go through the scores for the Texans real quick. So they started off with a loss to the Patriots. Yeah, 0-3. And then they beat the Colts in overtime by three. Beat the Cowboys by three in overtime. Beat the Bills by seven. Jaguars by 13. Texan, the only time they've ever scored a lot of points and won by a decent amount was the Dolphins. They beat the Dolphins 42-23. Yeah, and even that's not a blowout, per se. Beat the Broncos by 2, beat the Redskins by 2, Titans by 17. Which is a good one. Two touchdowns. 34-17 on a Monday night. 29-13 over the Browns. Yeah, I think right after that game, the Browns kind of hit their stride, but uh, um, seven over the Jets, lost to the Colts, uh, beat the loss to the Eagles by two, and then beat the Jaguars by seventeen. Yeah, honestly, honestly I, I don't see how anyone could have been so high on the Houston Texans. Yeah, 
if you if you're comparing both early starts to the finish, the Colts starting one and five and finishing at ten and six is way more impressive to me. Absolutely, I agree. Especially because, I mean, who well, does Andrew Luck have offensively? Marlon Mack came on late, but he was hurt here and there. He you also played. Eli Hilton, who was hurt here and there. Marlon Mack played very well last weekend. This past he did. weekend, he did. Definitely a, on the ground. If uh, he didn't have Marlon Mack, he probably wouldn't be where he is. The thing about the Colts that makes it much more impressive is the fact that you're one in five. You lose one more game, you're basically that's that the best you have to finish to ten and six to basically make it in the playoffs. That's exactly, what that's exactly what they had to do. Yeah, they it took, did it. It took care of business when they had to. <clears throat> yep. The second game. We got Seattle, the five seed, at Dallas, the four seed, and the Cowboys squeak one out, 24-22. And I'm a little bit surprised that Zeke had so much success against Seattle, especially, you know, given the, the nature of that front seven, but they fed him the ball 26 times, which is... If you have a running back like Zeke, that's your formula for success. Control the clock, control the tempo, feed Zeke, let him get his yards. And not to mention he had some catches out of the backfield too. So I think he ended up with almost 200 yards from scrimmage the entire game. Stat of the day. When Ezekiel Elliott gets 125 yards plus running the ball, the Cowboys are 10-0. I, I would bet money that most teams, if they have a running back that gets 125 yards, they're undefeated as well or close to it. I think so. I would say so. That's a pretty huge chunk of the game. Um, I think my takeaway from it was how much success the Cowboys had running the ball versus how much how little success the Seahawks had running the ball. Yeah, the best quote unquote running team in the league. Yeah, Chris Carson thirteen for twenty. I think he's like thirteen carries for twenty yards. Yeah, at one point. Uh, besides Rashad Penny's, or the fuck his name is, yeah. 25-yard run in the fourth quarter, they had 23 rushes for 45 yards. Yeah. Dallas' defense, is, uh, it's real. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. I was just hoping to see Russell Wilson rise above that and take the reins as a pocket QB and make plays. And he did to a point, but not enough to ultimately win that game. Because if we're comparing quarterbacks apples to apples, you give me a choice. Okay, you can take Dak Prescott in the fourth quarter or Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson every single time. Are you sure about that, though? 100%, yeah. I don't know. I do. Refer back to my blog. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Like Russell Wilson's a great fourth-quarter quarterback. He's a great late-season quarterback, so for him to not make the plays that he should have been making late in the game, and also Dallas's defense was suffocating, I mean, I was surprised by a lot of it. According to statisticians, the Cowboys did not miss a single tackle in that game. Yeah, their defense is stellar. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of surprising because their tackling has been horseshit. The last few weeks. 
It's like, yeah, you know, I got the guy in the backfield. Nope, he's busting for 10. Cool. Maybe Bill Parcells came in, put some cigars out on someone's thigh, and really brought it all together. I fucking hope so. Yeah, something happened. I needed something. Leighton Van Der Esch is crying in the shower. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, it brought it all together. I don't Dallas think wins. Leighton Van Der Esch could cry, honestly. I bet he cries when... He cries when you a least basket expect full it. of puppies. And when there's a really heartfelt commercial for, like, Audi or something. I bet Maybe. he cries then. Just really random times. When he sees an old couple holding hands at a hy Yeah. He probably cries. That's I adorable. just want something like that someday. But yeah, I uh, did not expect the Cowboys to play as well as they did, honestly. Being a Cowboys fan. As a non-Cowboys fan, I was also surprised. Yeah. Pretty surprised. I, uh, I mean, I had Seattle got, winning handily, honestly. When you got but, Dak Prescott, a.k.a. one of the best quarterbacks in the fourth quarter, I mean... I mean, how long is his career, though? What, what's his third year? Fourth year? This is his fourth year. Third okay. year. Third year. Maybe give that some time to marinate. <laughs> you gotta marinate <laughs> shit. I mean, you, you take Baker Mayfield's rookie year, he has like three fourth quarter comebacks and be like, yeah, he's the best fourth quarter quarterback of all time per nah, game. That's only, that's only three games, though. But I mean, you know, he stepped up, he made the plays when he had to. You can't you can't let a QB draw go for sixteen yards, I will say that. No. Can't let that happen. Yeah. I just I don't know. You're just really salty about the fact the Cowboys didn't get their ass whooped, that's what I know. Yeah, I was really hoping they would. I know you are. I know you are. And it didn't happen. So it just makes it so much better. Just makes it so much more satisfying. No, no, that's not even true. Now you're said. Uh, what were we gonna say? What are we gonna say? So you give Case Keenum a back, gets, a, gets 125 yards on 26 carries and a cutter or two, he'll win every game too. But that's not even true. That's not even close. It's not to true it. at all. It's not true at all. He'll still lose 100. percent Like even when Philip Lindsay had a ridiculous day, he'd be like, "Watch me throw this pick in the fourth quarter, though." They hold my Gatorade rights. Flip them up to ruin your hopes and dreams. It's like, hey, boys, we got a lead in the fourth quarter. And we're up by four. We got like 40. I bet you any money I can clock. force a three and out here from our own 15 after I take the sack. 45 seconds on the back. clock. We're what not going to take back? a knee. I'm feeling pretty good. My arm's feeling pretty good. We're going to try to throw for this one. Philip, really appreciate the 130 yards, two touchdowns. That's awesome. Watch me throw this pick right quick. Pick six. We about to lose this motherfucker. Yeah, I appreciate all your effort. Let me show you why they paid me so much money, Wright Swift. Oh, my oh. God. Did he take that all the way to the house? No way. Damn. How could that have happened? Because I am so talented as a quarterback. Yikes. I'm such a good quarterback that it should not have been intercepted. Someone must have ran the wrong route or something. It couldn't possibly be my own fault. Yeah. Yikes. But that's all right. 
three straight years, no playoff, no playoff games to speak of. John always doing a tremendous job in there. He's doing a great job. He's crushing it. All I know is Cowboys won. Seeing LA on Saturday, Saturday night, eight fifteen, Eastern time. Could be good. Could be very bad. We don't know. I'm uh, leaning towards bad, but. Moving on to the uh, second day of playoff game. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When they played last year, what was the score? With the Rams in Dallas? Yes. I have no idea. idea. It was a close one. It was like 26-23? Let's, let's, let's check. Research. I say, I honestly don't know. Big research guy. Were you expecting one of us to just name that off the top of our head? Yeah, like I knew that. You know, maybe. No. I didn't even know they played last year. That's how much I know. <laughs> the Cowboys lost 35-30. to 30. Ooh. Yep. Shall be interesting, to say the least. It'd probably be interesting. I but, think it's gonna be a good game. Yeah. Oh, these especially be if, out, anyway. especially if Zeke has you know 125 yards again. Possible. Possible. History books would say the Cowboys win if Zeke gets 125 yards rushing. True. But. Yeah, well, let's, okay, take a little step back now. The Seattle offense does not hold a candle to the L.A. Rams offense. True. So, the 125 yards, you win by two. Now you're playing a team that can throw up 30 points. Okay, 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 we can stop with the win by two bullshit because we all know that fucking fourth quarter touchdown was just, you know... Cowboys are like, we'll get the onside kick. You can let them score. Not a big deal. Can we just talk about that onside kick for a minute? What the fuck was that? Onside uh, kick goes for fucking horse shit, and it's basically virtually impossible to get an onside kick anyway. See, so. You see what had happened was the hefty lefty went down. Yeah, I know. Popped a hammy. Yeah. Now you got a punter out there trying to kick onside kicks. Probably hasn't done it since high school. Well, he's like, I'm he, gonna pooch it. He did but then he, he pooched all it of those kicks for them. About 10 yards too far. Yeah, he tried the drop kick. That was the dumb part. I don't... Yeah, whatever. I mean, you pretty much assume <laughs> you're losing at that point. Try something weird. Whatever. But uh, it did not pan out very well. Well, I mean, even if they did a regular onside kick, there's probably like a .07 chance to get it because of the new rules. So, I mean... Yeah. You, you're literally looking for the guy to get who gets the ball to fumble it. Pretty much. Yeah, it's just pretty it. much all. That's your only chance. You're hoping it takes an odd bounce off his shoulder pad. Yeah, yeah. And it, an onside kick, you're one in a one in a hundred thousand. Probably not that high, but it was like four for thirty this year. But yeah, you get it. The yeah, NFL was trash. It is absolute trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with that, we'll move on to the Chargers, the five seed, playing the four seed Ravens. Chargers end up winning 23-17, to 17, and it wasn't even that close until, like, the last the four minutes in the fourth quarter. The end, yeah. So, they played each other week 16. 
right? The Ravens dominated the entire game. Couple might have had a couple defensive touchdowns, might have been just one. Either way. But yeah, I got the Rivers a lot. A lot of pressure. Couple turnovers. Four sacks. Then you fast forward this week. One sack. Still no running game from the Chargers. Still no running game from Baltimore, really. Uh, no turnovers on the Chargers' behalf. Uh, Lamar Jackson turned it over, what, four times? Four Twice, maybe, times, but he fumbled, four, fumbled three times through a pick. I think they recovered one of those fumbles, so he might have turned it over three times. I mean, it, is that surprising to anybody that Lamar Jackson in that on that stage crumbled? I picked the Chargers to win, and I said that I don't trust Lamar Jackson, and I figured he'd crumble, so no. Yeah. So, my my question is: Is this inexperience, inexperience, lack of pocket presence? Is it being arrogant? Is it not playing? Is it a lack of talent? I mean, what what's Lamar Jackson's issue here on this stage? It is the fact the Ravens don't even have an offense at all, Yo. even with Joe Flacco. Lamar Jackson literally was their offense. Essentially, didn't, he didn't run the ball as much either, which is, I mean, that's pretty much your only. If they run the ball effectively, the Ravens. If they run the ball effectively and the Ravens have the ball for more than half the game, the Ravens are probably going to win. Yeah, but that wasn't the case this time. See the the whole overview of the game to me was that last drive. Lamar Jackson gets a couple first downs, little elusive, makes some plays, but ultimately turns the ball over. Mm-hmm. Hangs in the pocket way too long. Slings the ball out at a weird angle. Defensive tackle gets his hand on it. Melvin Ingram recovers, game over. Yeah. And it, it, there comes a time where, okay, you're you. And you're different, but this is a playoff game in the NFL. Yeah, but you just stop trying to be so fancy. Eat it if you have to. Give yourself a chance to live another down. Or you can't expect a guy to just change mid game though either. No, I'm not saying that he needed to change his entire play, like the way he plays, but at He's the same also... time, is his play going to transition well to a good playoff football team? Considering because what he started, six games? Started six yeah, games. Five and one. Five, five and one. one. How many of those games six. were won by defense? Probably a few. Just Probably a most of them, if not all. Lamar Jackson, if you look at his stats, hasn't played well. I mean, he's played well enough to not fuck himself. But he hasn't played well. He's not throwing for 400 yards, four tutters. He's throwing for like a buck 20 and rushing for another 70 and getting one touchdown. I mean, that's not a good offensive team to me. That's just all about the process. It's all about building. He's not a pocket QB. No. RG3 looked great. His first year or two. That didn't pan out. Is he RG3 or is he something different? Is he going to be better than that? Is he going to prove himself? 
I don't know. I haven't seen anything yet that impresses me. Well, you only got six game sample size. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying his style of play, is it conducive to an NFL team? All depends on how he adapts. How he changes some things in the offseason. Yeah, I think he has to change a lot. Uh, trusting your legs is fine. Trusting them too much, all of a sudden you're at third and nine, third and twelve, and you saw a lot of that. Chargers and Ravens game. Well, obviously, inexperience play factor because in the NFL, you're not going to be able to run all the way around the field all the time like you were in college. Yep. Do you have negative so, passing yards at one point, or what was that all? He did. Yeah. Going into the fourth quarter or something? No, I don't think so. I mean, he had, he ended with like 150. I'm not sure. I don't know. There was a point he had negative passing yards. It's not surprising. Um, I yeah, thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty deep into the game. Inexperience played a huge role. Baltimore's offense obviously needs a spark. And Lamar Jackson offered somewhat of a spark, but he needs players to complement him for him to be a viable quarterback in the NFL. Because I bring it up again, RG3, that, that worked great for a couple years. All right, eventually you're taking so many licks that you're going to knock yourself right out of this league. Yes. So, and he's not a big guy. He's not a strong guy. Although that stiff arm on Derwin James in the third quarter or wherever it was was pretty aggressive. But I don't see him doing that five, six, ten years. That's not a thing. His delivery is strange. His angle sucks. He kind of like, leaves the ball way out there. And in the NFL where your pocket's collapsing, I feel like he's going to fumble the ball more than anybody and kill it eventually just kill his offense's chances of even making an, an appearance. So he needs to change a lot of things in the offseason and Joe Flacco, uh what's gonna happen with him? He's going somewhere they, else. They, yeah, are they gonna move on from Joe Flacco or are they gonna move on from this guy or I would sound it sounds to me like they're gonna get rid of Flacco. They're moving on from Flacco. That's probably the right choice. Yeah, I, I guess. Well, Joe Flacco's what thirty? Yeah, probably somewhere in there. Early mid mid thirties. Mark Jackson, youngest quarterback to start a playoff game, twenty one years old. Joe Flacco hasn't been much. Ain't much. Kind of have to uh, go with a guy who's about a decade younger. So he's yep. thirty three. So yeah, that's he's 12, twelve years, years old. 33 is 6'6". Good healthy, 215, 220. Mar Jackson, 22 now, 6'3". A little bit undersized as far as weight goes. Sitting at about a buck 90. I don't know. I want so badly to doubt him, but... It's just based on history. Dual threat QBs in the NFL typically 
if you're like a, a true dual threat, like where you're running just as much as you're passing or running a lot, they don't pan out. So just me as my personal opinion, I don't think he's going to be um, in three years from now. I don't think anyone's going to remember Lamar Jackson. Personally. I'm not going to make any any assessment on Lamar Jackson until next year. I want to see what his what the offseason brings for him. Yeah, I want to see what he does next year. I want to see what Baltimore does to help him out on offense because they desperately they need, need it. They need they some need, weapons. They need a good running game. First Their number all. one wide receiver is Michael Crabtree, and the dude's like fucking 80. He's like 95. So Remember Richard Sherman told you straight from his face. He's a sorry-ass receiver, okay? <laughs> yeah. But keep the lead, snatch now, the stand twice. And now uh, now Richard Sherman's a sorry-ass cornerback. So. Richard Sherman's a sorry-ass human doing pistachio yeah. commercials to make ends meet. I don't want to hear it. Pistachios are good, though. They are. They are good. But Richard Sherman is not. Not anymore. I would rather eat pistachios for three hours and watch Richard Sherman try and play cornerback anymore. That's because pistachios are good. They are. So moving on from that game, we got the Eagles six seed at the number three Bears. Eagles with the upset win, 16 to 15. Uh, I watched the highlights. I didn't get to see the game like at all. So in the first half, it looked like the Bears were moving the ball well, but couldn't quite finish in the end zone. Fair and enough, then yeah. the Eagles were struggling to move the ball. The Bears yep. defense was pretty suffocating. Um, Yeah, so Nick Foles didn't play that hot in the first half. He seemed to have issues. It was weird. Like, if it was man-to-man, he was, he was backwards to what you'd think. Zone defense, he was having issues with. Man-to-man, he was picking it apart. I I don't know how that works, but, yeah, that's what he was doing. Um, so, and I, I don't know, did they have one or two picks? Was it two picks in the first half? Yeah. I know they had at least one. Two picks but, in the first uh, half. I don't know. It's just like um, Matt Nagy has this BU thing on his play sheet. He wasn't him at all. He wasn't the play calls. I don't know. He didn't. He didn't want to trust Trubit and Mitch. He thought Mitch was going to lose the game for him. When all reality, Mitch actually played pretty solid. Three had over three th- and a touchdown. Yeah. No turnovers. I mean, he had some. Let's be honest, though. He had some pretty bonehead shitty throws. He had Questionable some bonehead passes. Yeah. But. But that's all year, though. I was. It was nice to see towards the end, like the fourth uh, on that last drive that he, you know, he hung in there and made some good passes and got us down the field. But, uh, I don't know. It's like, um, Matt Nagy forgot that the Eagles secondary was shit and, uh, didn't utilize it for a while. Yeah. Thought that was surprising. I mean, Trubisky did put him in a position to win. So, I mean, yeah, I think Trubisky's Cody, got a, uh, a tremendous Parkey, future. Parkey makes that field goal. We're not even talking about it. True. Yeah. 
The fact of the matter is, though, uh, people want to shit on Cody Parkey. That's fine. But you have 60 minutes in a football game to give yourself a lead big enough to where you don't have to rely on your kicker. True. Okay, the Eagles' defense is not good. Not. I repeat, the Eagles' defense is not good. Okay, especially the secondary. Terrible. All year. So, to put up only 15 points at home and to rely entirely on your kicker for 12 points, potentially, they only got nine, but to rely on them for what would have been 12 points out of your 15 points, or what was it, nine points out of your 15 points? It would end up being, yeah, he got, he had nine out of the 15. Nine of 15, so it would have been 12 of 15. 12 of 18. 12, yeah. If he made it, it would have been 12 of 18. Big math guy. Huge. So you got to ask guy. You got to add three to the total. It would have been yeah. 18, 16 bears. So it would have been 12 of 18 points. Um, just, you know what I don't like though? What really haunts me is going for two. Like, okay, I get it. Like, you want to make it so if they get a touchdown, they can only tie. That's fine. But your defense is the best in the NFL. Why are you taking chances right now? Just no fucking idea. hold them. Just, just hold them. That's all you got to do. Let's not even talk about that fucking the defense. That fucking that one drive. They had one drive that was that was over with, and then Amos had a had a uh, had a penalty. Yeah, there was an unnecessary roughness call. Yeah, there was a pass interference called deep. Yep. That didn't help. No. I thought the unnecessary roughness call was soft. It was. I thought it was soft. Uh, the pass interference call was a no-brainer. That was terrible. Mm-hmm. He straight mauled him. So, at that point, I mean, you're close enough to where I don't think you have to do that. But I'm not on the field. I don't know. Nevertheless, yeah, the last drive penalties and just complacency i guess took over it was stupid if we didn't have that unnecessary roughness call we were off the field and the eagles don't score a touchdown yeah kill some clock punt again maybe if not you know give cody parkey a chance to move it up to a 18 13 or no 18 10 18 9 fuck what are you Either talking way. about? Trying to think, like, if the Eagles don't score that last touchdown, the Bears get the ball back, move the ball, score a field goal, what the score would have been. And I'm trying to think of what the score was. I don't remember. I mean, you're taking, you're taking uh, six points off the board because the Eagles went for two. So it would have been – the Eagles would have had ten at that point. Yeah. I think. So 18 to 10 with very little time left. I mean, that's a much better position to be in. I think, like I said, I think the unnecessary roughness call was very soft. Especially at that point in the game, the call that I think was was pretty shitty. NFL mm-hmm. needs to fucking get rid of unnecessary roughness. Oh, not to mention, not to mention that fucking, uh, that one play where it was a, who the fuck, was it Anthony Miller caught the ball and then hit the ground? It was a fumble. Nobody picked it up, so they called it an incomplete pass. Did you hear about yeah. that, John? Yeah, that was a mess. I saw that. 
that whole the whole thing was a mess. But apparently, it's actually in the rule books that if no there's no clear recovery, it has to be called whatever it was on the field. Uh, that just so goes it, to uh, you know, if the ball's on the ground, grab that motherfucker. Yeah. You never know. You never fucking know. Um, so unfortunately for the Bears, I think umpiring played a huge role in the fourth quarter and the outcome of that game. Um, to hold the Eagles 16 points, to hold any team to 16 points in the NFL is ridiculous. Um, I think the Bears, without the, you know, you take away a couple of questionable calls, Bears are skating out of there with a 11 to 8 point lead and a uh, another chance to play next week. But that's not how it panned out. And if Tay is listening, the Eagles only won because the referees believe in Nine Inch Nick. Okay, that's it. That fucking unnecessary roughness call was soft as fuck. Without that unnecessary roughness call, there wouldn't have been a pass interference because the Bears would have probably drove down the field again because they were hot in the second half. They were moving it. If it wasn't for an extension of the drive with soft penalties that we've seen all year, it's not just now, it's all year, the Bears win that game. So everyone's like fucking just dick riding Nick Foles. But in, in all reality, the referees saved Nick Foles' season. Which is what I don't agree with. In an NFL playoff game, there are going to be hits. There are going to be helmet to helmet hits. They're going to be, there's going to be contact. Fucking let it ride. If it's not blatantly uncalled for, then there's no reason to throw a flag. Yeah. So I thought that was soft. I thought it. I thought it was stupid. And uh, the Eagles end up winning, giving the Eagles fans this this hype that is totally, I mean, unbacked, unrealistic, but it's true. But whatever. On the next season. Yeah. Fo- football's over for me. I don't give a shit about football anymore. <laughs> I haven't given a shit about football since week five, okay? I, I haven't given a shit this. about football for years, so. All right, so uh, moving on from the playoff games of the NFL, we have the college football national championship between Clemson and Alabama. Are we uh, not going to go over the games for the following weekend? We are. After, After the news. All right. So, national championship, uh, Clemson. Big time winner, forty-four to sixteen, over the Bama Crimson Tide. I, I, who the fuck saw that coming? Bama I, less than twenty points, biggest marginal loss in a save in Bama history. You I hate mean, to see it. Yeah, hate to see that. So disappointing. But uh, yeah, I mean, it came down to third and fourth down for Bama was a struggle. They gave up on kicking field goals. They put all the weight on Tua's shoulders, and he caved. He buckled. Pick six to start the game, another pick before half. Fumbled, failed fourth in short attempts. Got a lot of miscues in the backfield, low snaps. Bama just didn't look good. Offensively, they looked terrible. And their defense was getting picked apart by fucking Sunshine. So. 
Trevor, okay, I, here's my thoughts on the game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one overall pick in 2021. That's for sure. Barring any horrific injury. See why you guys say that? Because it's realistic. If he tears his ACL down, I'm going to blame you. If he tears his ACL, it'll probably still be fine. But... What other horrific injury are we going to see from him? I don't fucking know. A little fucking Ryan Shazier action, perhaps? Joe Theismann? Yeah. Alex Smith? Alan if Joe Theismann right. right, was right, playing right. in the modern era, he'd be fine still. But Because it was in the fucking 80s. That's actually not true. There was, I mean, Alex Smith could have lost his leg. Yeah, but he's still gonna play next year. So I, I don't know about that. I do. Joe Theismann, if he was playing in 20, 2018, a broken leg. Yeah, we'll get that healed. He'll play next year. All right, whatever. Moving on. I th- I do think Trevor Lawrence is the fuck is really good. Very. And I'm not gonna lie, I didn't see too many, too much Clemson this year, so I didn't know. I've only seen Trevor Lawrence on uh, what the fuck is that show, Elite Eight or whatever, with uh, Trent Dilfer. You guys ever see that show? Yeah. I don't know why the or, fuck Trent Dilfer has his own show, but whatever. Because he hasn't been relevant in the NFL since like he won a Super Bowl. So why the fuck does this man deserve a TV show? I don't know why the fuck. Have you seen this TV the... show? I have seen said TV show. It's pretty good. Just checking. It is pretty so good. I I enjoy it. Yeah, I but like um, it I don't know. He seems to. Who? It's not. It's not just him though. So the guys that are with them seem to have good eyes for talent. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm not really surprised that Alabama got routed. I'm surprised Clemson that. Is. I'm surprised he got routed by that Clemson mod. Clemson is their is the kryptonite. Dabo got the recipes. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't so much that Clemson won as it was that Bama just didn't play. Sucked. Yeah, they just didn't play well at all. Did Bama just think they were going to win? Did you think that might play into it? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, Tua just looked like dog shit. Their defense was getting picked apart. A lot of tremendous catches, though. I'll say that. Yeah. A lot of Clemson's defense because Clemson's defense fucking showed up. Yeah. I mean, Clemson's defense has been good all year, but this is Bama. So, I mean, for them to hold them to less than 20 points was. A huge undertaking. See, my biggest issue with Clemson before the college football playoff was they really hadn't played anybody. No. Clemson's, I mean, I don't I don't remember their schedule. I have it written down somewhere. The blog has it written in there, but they just they didn't really impress that much because they didn't have that many if I remember correctly, they didn't really play. I mean, they're in the ACC. Kent State, Auburn, Louisville, Boston College, Botech, Wake Forest, Syracuse, Georgia Tech, NC State, Florida State, Citadel, Furman, Texas A&M, Georgia Southern, Georgia Tech, Syracuse again, Wake Forest. Is this, am I combining years here? I think you are. 
Yeah, that's 17. Let's move forward here. So you got Citadel, Furman, Texas A&M, Georgia Southern, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Wake Forest, NC State, Florida State, Louisville, Boston College, Duke, South Carolina, Pittsburgh. Then they play Notre Dame, who is arguably one of the worst teams to let in to the Final Four, and then crushed Bama. They, so did you, did you hear anybody on there? 19 total points and scored 74 in their last two games. Take it back to the last three games. Okay. So 74, tack on another. So 112 to 29, their last three games. Not bad. It's pretty good. They held opponents to less than 20 points pretty much the entire year, except for twice. Yeah, but, that was my biggest gripe about Clemson. That's what made me worried about Clemson was they, they hadn't play really. Nobody. They play in the ACC. I mean, they used to be. They so they played Florida State when Florida State was good, but Florida State isn't currently very good. No, NC State's not good anymore. Louisville sucks now. Florida State's garbage. Boston College isn't very good. Duke sucks. South Carolina's garbage. Boston College has been better. Pittsburgh than really Lake terrible. Though. Yeah. Boston College is defensively fine, offensively a, a shit shack. I mean, South Carolina is always a tough game. Florida State's always a tough game, regardless. They won fifty nine to ten against Florida State, so I wouldn't really call that a tough game. A, I'm just a saying, seven usually, touchdown deficit. Usually, it is. used to be a tough game, and it will be in the future. But yeah, it used to be. It's not right now. I'm going by the strength of Scott. They scored 28 points in the second quarter. 24 points in the third quarter. It'll cherry on top in the fourth with another one. 59 to 10. Not a close game. Their closest game is against Texas A&M, who actually was a pretty good football team this year. Yeah. Yes, they were. 28-26. That was, I watched that game. That was a good game. Jimbo Fisher. Yep, Texas A&M is going to be good. Oh, next year? Look out, Texas A&M. How pissed is Kelly Bryant, though? That they won a national title without him? Yeah. Probably pretty, probably pretty pissed if I had to guess. Well, I mean, winning a national title if you're sitting on the bench doesn't really mean a whole lot, does it? He wasn't even sitting on the bench. He's in a completely different fucking team. That's what I'm saying. If he was still there, he'd be on the bench. So, does it really yeah. matter? That's the whole reason he left was because of Trevor Lawrence. But mm. Trevor Lawrence is the fucking truth. So, yeah, I got... hard to doubt that. Kids played yeah. out of his mind. What are you gonna do? Like, you show up and the fucking true freshman is just way, way above your talent level. And to say that Louisville would be a tough game all the time, they won seventy-seven to sixteen. They used okay. Threw up 77. Don, nobody's saying that Louisville was tough this no, year. No, with Lamar Jackson was there, they were an all right team. Yeah. But, the, I mean, geez, 77 fucking points? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Jesus Christ. Let's see, by quarter, 14, then 21, then 28, then 14 again. But, anyhow. Trevor I Lawrence was... only had 59 yards that game. 
but they had three running backs go for over 100 yards and four touchdowns combined. <laughs> yeah, well, when you call a fucking just a, just a normal ass <laughs> run play and it goes for 50 to the house or 75 to the house, you're just all right. Yeah. Well, I'll keep running the ball then. <laughs> yeah, Louisville's running backs one, two, three, six of them combined. One of them being a quarterback. Quarterback had 10 rushes for minus 14. Okay, so they had less yards than Clemson's fourth, fifth best running back in that game. That's yeah. tough. That's a yeah. tough. Chase uh, Bryce, six for seven, buck 10, three totters. Clemson backup. Yeah, the the I mean, the moral story pretty much Tua not looking very sharp, not recognizing some coverages, throwing bad passes is what it is. No. Also, sorry to Tua. Tua had did you hear Tua's had like four hundred close like friends and family at the game? It's unfortunate. A, hey guys, section. why don't you all come out and watch me play my worst game of my entire career? I appreciate the travel expenses. Yeah. Good thing I'm getting paid to play college football. Not that anyone knows that on paper. But I would bet money that Buddy's getting 10 G's a month. Also probably getting beaten by his father, but that's all right. Yeah, the leather belt is a, is a tool. Mm. And uh, it's being used effectively, I'm sure. How many people are going to be fucking outraged about that? What part of it? That his dad uses a belt to hit Tua. Uh, animal rights activist because leather is murder. True. Other than that, it's fine. No, I'm sure there were some people that when it when it came out, I'm, I'm pretty sure there were some people who weren't very weren't very happy with it. But it is what it is at this point. Fuck like, off. Tua Tua's over the age of 18 now, yeah. so. But it's gonna be fucking blows with the old man fucking next time. Yeah. The only hashtag I have for that game is hashtag Dabo to Denver. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. I'd love that. Never gonna happen, but I'd love it. Moving on from that. Uh, do you, wait, question real quick. Uh, do you think Bama's gonna be back next year? Absolutely, they always are. Okay. <laughs> Moving forward from this that. This wasn't the end of Bama. <laughs> no, absolutely not. They'll be in it next year. They'll probably win by 50. So uh, the Arizona Cardinals hire Cliff Kingsbury and the Packers hire LaFleur. Is that Mike LaFleur? Matt Matt. LaFleur? All right. He's the Titans offensive coordinator? Yeah. Okay. So Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, 39-year-old heartthrob, coached for uh, Houston, Texas A&M, and uh, Texas Tech and USC. He won a Super Bowl with New England in his professional football career in 2003. A lot of people don't know that, but he's got a ring. Okay. Bounced around the Canadian Football League for a couple of years after that. And uh, now he's in the coaching. But uh, my biggest complaint here is that the NFC West is, is just hoarding all of these super attractive young male coaches. Yeah. No, I'm not a big fan about. of that. Not a big fan of that at all. You got, uh, you know, Sean McVay. Sexual. He screams sex appeal. Okay. Now you got Cliff Kingsbury coming in here. Another handsome fellow. Even Pete Carroll. 
but like 15 years ago, Buddy was laying pipe. 100%. Still chopping, still, on, still chopping on that one piece of double mint since the 98 Rose Bowl. <laughs> just, just killing it. You know? Hashtag hammer away, Pete Carroll. I oh, believe you're, gonna in you. for, you're not going to forget about Kyle Shanahan, are you? Kyle Shanahan's a handsome man as well. Yeah, also in the NFC West. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a lot. Like, why why is the Pacific Northwest hoarding all of these handsome men? And I'm stuck, you know, with some stupid gap-tooth retard, Vance Joseph. You're either going to get him, you're not stuck with him anymore, but you're either going to get... You're either gonna get a an O line coach or Vic Fangio, who's really oh, old, and neither of them are very attractive. No, no, not even fun to look at. What I want as a Broncos fan, I want John Elway to be like, you know what? I'm gonna be the uh, Bill Belichick of this Broncos franchise. I'm gonna coach, and I'm gonna be the GM. And then you can sit on the sidelines and see firsthand. The dumpster fire that you've created. You want to sell the house and get a Super Bowl? That's fine. Deal with your 10 years of shit firsthand. Look at it. Fucking look at it, John, with your eyes. That LASIK surgery's helping, ain't it? Mm. Yeah, it looks bad. Looks real bad. Your box office seats ain't helping you now. Fuck your room service. And fuck you. Your stupid haircut. Alright, let's move on from the Broncos. Most But so the Bruce, and then we forgot to mention Bruce Arians hired as the uh, head coach of the Bucks. Kind of surprised, but not really. I figured he would probably get back into the coaching. I just thought it was going to be for the Browns, but maybe the Browns didn't have a whole lot of interest in him. It'd be surprising if the Browns didn't want Bruce Arians. I mean, that is that is surprising, but um, yeah. So he's the head coach of the Bucks. Cliff Kingsbury, who I thought might not even have a chance to be a head coach because USC was blocking his interviews, which I have no idea how that works out. Like I don't know. I don't know how that's it, legal. But. but like if I'm him, I'm like, all right, well, I quit. See you later. And then yeah. go. There's something in that contract, I'm sure. Yeah, well, it's I'm, like Harbaugh's contract in Michigan. Like He was like... What the fuck? He ha- he's locked into Michigan unless certain NFL teams ask him for a job interview. So that's kind of strange, but... How you say that dude's last name? Klingbury? Klingsbury? Klingsbury. Kingsbury. Kings, yep. Is he even NFL coach material? He's never no coached idea. in the NFL. No he's also never been idea. a really successful college coach either. I was going to say, he never really... He's no. really Sit he's really good at leading Texas Tech to like seven and six seasons. He's yeah. very good at seven and five. Sorry, he's he'll he'll get them motherfuckers to the pro or the fuck. Uh, yeah, like he gets you to the general insurance fucking Pizza Hut bowl. Yeah, every goddamn time. And that's all you need. But they're impressed with uh, his coaching of Patrick Mahomes. And it seems to be the trend now that Sean McVay got hired and Sean McVay has been successful to find a young, up-and-coming, offensive-minded coach. That's the thing now. 
That's why Matt LaFleur got LaFleur got hired in in Green Bay. That's why Cliff is getting hired in yeah. Arizona. Um what I'm surprised by with the whole Matt LaFleur thing. First off, I don't know who the hell he is. Don't really care. I know he's I know he's coached with uh Sean McVay. He's coached with Kyle Shanahan, all that good stuff. That's whatever. But uh does do does anybody recall the Titans offense being anything special this year? No. Because I don't. They were awful. <laughs> I thought that was a big part of being getting a head coaching gig to, was the... But to be fair. Yeah. The Titans have literally zero weapons on offense. That's true. I'm not okay. saying they do. So, like, fucking Bill Walsh could step out of the fucking esophagus, or, sorry, sarcophagus. Esophagus is the part of your throat where you swallow it. The sarcophagus is a grave. If he steps out of the sarcophagus and steps into the Titans, he's not going to have any success either. I mean, the Titans just don't have anything offensively. Marcus Mariota... I've said it once. I've said it a million fucking times. He's not a good NFL quarterback. He's not. Well, in Marcus's defense, he's going to be having the fifth different play caller of his career. That's not helpful. Nonetheless. Nonetheless. <laughs> he hasn't done anything <coughs> his entire career that makes me think that he's worthy of an NFL starting QB spot. Besides the fact that they don't have anyone better. That's it. They don't well, have anyone if, better. What if you have Jared Goff in Tennessee and Marcus Mariota and fucking L.A.? Jared Goff in Tennessee would probably suck, but I bet he'd be better than Marcus Mariota. Think so? I bet he would be. I don't know. No one knows because that's not a realistic thing. That's not. I'm a just thing. saying to give Marcus Mariota as much shit as he takes. I mean, the dude's had five yeah, different. I mean, if you give Marcus Mariota, Jerry Rice, Rob Gronkowski. The fucking 2015 Dallas offensive line, the fucking Jason Witten in his prime, fucking, you know, the the best wide receivers in history, and Barry Sanders in the backfield. Yeah, he might be a solid quarterback. I might be a solid quarterback with that fucking lineup. I mean, Jesus. Hand the ball off to Barry Sanders. Yeah, hand the ball off to Barry, dink and duck down the field. Hey, Gronk, hit a quick uh, five-yard hitch. Hit you right in the gut. Yeah, I might have a great QBR. I don't think you have the. That doesn't make me a talented quarterback. That makes me a part of a very talented team. The fact of the matter is, good quarterbacks rise above the talent around them and make themselves better. Tom Brady has given countless players a A name, a stage, a name, because he's Tom Brady. Marcus Mariota is not that. He is. You guys remember uh, Kimbrel Tompkins? Third tier at best. He's right around the same talent level. As like a Ryan Mallet, but more mobile. He's not good. The 80-yard passing games that he's had have proven that to me plenty. Sorry, Mo. Shout out, Mo <laughs> Ponch. Your team's garbage. Marcus Mariota's terrible. They need to move off, man. Donald, you're just too short. Your feet are too big for your stature. You're not wrong. That's 100% fact. <laughs> If I had size nine and a half, I'd be in the NFL right now. Nah, Drew Brees too short. Uh, Drew Brees, 5'9". I don't want to hear it. Drew Brees is not 5'9". That is hashtag fake news. 
He's like five eleven, but whatever. Maybe Russell Wilson's five eleven. One of them motherfuckers is. I don't fucking know. One of them's short though. They're both pretty short. Yeah. For NFL QB standards, anyway. Russell Wilson is five eleven. Okay. Drew Brees, six foot. You're right. Still short. Still about three inches shy of a typical NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. But Tom Brady, six four. Who knew that? I didn't. <laughs> I thought he was like six one, six two. Oh, Tom Brady's giant. Big guy, huge horn too. I heard Giselle told me. Giselle, what? Yes. What a smoke show. Yeah, that's great. But uh, if that's all we got for news, well, we can. Uh... I mean, I have. You guys had any thoughts on the Bruce Arians hiring? No. Is that going to be good for the Bucks or no? No. I don't. I don't think he can fix that dumpster fire. Fair enough. That's you think Cliff? Terrible. Do you really think Cliff Kingsbury is the answer in uh, Arizona? Is he going to be I a one mean, and I done? I think Cliff Kingsbury is a good. He's off. He's obviously he, offensive. He's minded. good with quarterbacks. He's offensive minded. I don't think he's going to make Josh Rosen better than he is, though. What if he turns into the next Patrick Mahomes? Then I'm wrong. I've been wrong lots of times. I've oh, been wrong so many times. Like most I feel of the like time. you've been wrong more than you've been right. I've been wrong way more than I've been right. No doubt about that. We're not even talking just this podcast. We're talking the last 25 years. Yeah, 25 years of my life. I've been wrong like most of the time. So <laughs> That's uh, how you, I bet Broncos. you when I'm fucking 55 years old, I'm fucking 9 for 10, though. Figured it out. Now that I'm, once I'm in crippling debt, drinking myself to death. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Anyway, back away from uh, your personal life and into the Broncos, which is car- kind of part of your personal life. Um, Broncos down to uh, two candidates for their head coaching positions, uh, Vic Fangio and Mike Munchak. Vic, don't leave me. I need you. Now, the Broncos need a defensive-minded coach because they the only good thing they have going for them is the defense currently. They have Bill Musgraves on offense. Okay, You get him some weapons, he can make something happen. He's not a bad coach. He just happened to be a bad part of a bad uh, campaign. Um, I think he would be the best fit. Um, focus on what you have and build off what you don't. I think uh, I think that would be a good call. As far as this uh, Munchak guy, I don't even know who he is. Really don't. He's like an offensive line coach elsewhere. But uh, I'm pretty sure he has some head coaching experience. Yeah, I mean Vance Joseph was like a defensive backs coach, and Denver hired him. Maybe maybe not do that. You know, do the same. Like you know, the definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing you've been doing without a change in result and continuing to do it. So why would you do that? It all comes down to numbers, though. I mean, what they can get. Yeah, two years with the Titans done. 
Yeah, I bet they fucking won a Super Bowl, too. Uh, no, he was 22 and 26. That's pretty good. How about no? <laughs> Vic Fangio, coach, the Bears defense. One of the best years since uh, the Erlacher era. I'd be very interested in him coaching. Honestly, if Denver extended the olive branch to Adam Gase, I wouldn't be that against it based on the history he has there in Denver. Um, but the Super Bowl caliber teams that he coached. Uh, but that's not an option at this point. So Hashtag bring back Gary Kubiak. Fuck Gary Kubiak. Fuck John Elway. Fuck his whole fucking front office. And the last bit of news, Dirk Cutter back as the OC in Atlanta. Wow. Uh, if I'm Atlanta, I'm worrying more about the fact that your defense couldn't stop literally anybody all year. Their offense yeah. wasn't very good either, though, this year. So Matt Ryan still had a tremendous year. Yeah, but how many points did they put up? A bunch? Were they always putting up? Were they back I mean, they, to... They put up a decent amount. It's just the year they went to the Super Bowl numbers. I doubt it. I hope not because they they uh, gave they up. Went 20, like, I mean, Julio Jones did. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I'd like Atlanta's wide receiving core a lot. I do. I think they're very talented. Um, the defense needs to step up a lot. Some offensive line work, perhaps. Yep. Uh, I think they'd be a, a contender just with those just simple things like having your defense not entirely depleted by week three would be good to start. Yeah. And then some offensive line work would be help. And then, you know, just a constant running attack. I know they had some injuries in the backfield. Uh, they do away with those. I think they will be another good team next year. But. Well, with that, we should move on to the uh, divisional round. Hold on. Yeah. Is uh, Mike McCarthy still out there? He's still yeah. out there. Yeah. Never interviewed him once. Ryan, him up. Uh, cut him. I don't. I don't think it. I thought I saw something on Twitter about him not wanting to uh, coach this year and just collecting a paycheck from uh, the Packers. Why not? Fuck it. That could have been also, you know, some made up bullshit, but. You know, taking some time off, getting that heart rate and blood pressure down, getting the yeah. old Atkins diet, <laughs> change himself up, hashtag new year, new him. <laughs> hashtag felt cute, my delete. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't blame him at all if he did that. I know he, he interviewed with Denver, but they uh, decided not to go that route, so... Uh, if Denver's not looking at you, might want to might want to wait it out a bit. Take a year off. Yeah, have a little me time. Yeah, yeah. just because Denver's looking for a guy who has zero track record of being a remotely good coach. Yep, that's what they're slapping them. That's what they do. Fifty mil. Yeah, Denver. Denver's first question. Wait, have you been successful before? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not into that. So, oh, are you, oh, you above have some 500 in anything? Are you above 500 in rec league water polo? <laughs> no. no. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll, we'll turn you into a winner. We'll turn. <laughs> we'll turn you around. 
Like, how much of Denver's lack of success is just John Elway's ego, do you think? Probably a decent chunk of it. Probably a good chunk. I think it's a decent chunk. Like, oh, yeah, I'm John Elway. I make great choices. I'm in the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, you're a shit fucking GM. I don't care how many Super Bowls you have. Booty cheeks. John Elway's like, yeah, I played in six Super Bowls. Yeah, remember you got blown out 55 to 10 and then 43 to 8? Because I do. I fucking saint it. I fucking saint it, John. I saint it. Fucking piece of shit. The hair's not pulling anybody, John. Yeah. Yeah, go back to your fucking hairstylist, bro. Your roots are showing. And you suck. Anyway. But yeah. So we'll move on to the divisional round. And these are not in any specific order. But the first game I have up on slate is the six-seed Colts at the number one seed, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs, sorry. Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. What do you What do you guys think? I think it's going to be a good game. I think the Colts are going to come out on top. I think uh, Patty Mahomes hasn't played good in a uh, big game at all this season. I think it's going to continue. I agree. I think the Colts are on a hot streak. The Chiefs are three and three in the last six, and they're just not looking good. Mahomes turning the ball over, looking like Texas Tech Mahomes. Uh, this is Andrew Luck's trip to the uh, MVP circle right here. He's going to fucking piss pound the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Uh, I don't know. Seven is my score. Could definitely what go was either it? way. 31-27. Oh, okay. Definitely go either way. I don't feel comfortable. Uh, I don't feel comfortable saying it's going to be one-sided, obviously. Mm-mm. I don't know. The spread is five and a half. Kansas City's the favorite. Um, I don't. I think it's going to be like a three-point game. And I think the Colts are going to score over. They're going to score over 30. I think the Chiefs are going to score over 30. I think it's going to be high scoring. You think the Colts are going to score over 30 without Kareem Hunt? The Colts without Kareem Hunt? They've been doing it all year. (laughs) Suck a dick. You know what I meant. No. I think the Chiefs are going to score more than 30 points in a playoff game with Patty Mahomes without Kareem Hunt. I mean, yeah. I think they could, yeah. I don't think they will. I mean, all I it's going to take is a couple of uh, Travis Kelsey I think the Colts tee off on the second level. I think they stop the running game. They make Pat Mahomes one-dimensional. And he's still going to have an okay day but I don't see them scoring 30-plus. I see them scoring, like, 27 max, which is why I have the Colts winning 31-27. This is a tough decision for me. Because as much as I want to say, you know, Patty Mahomes in Kansas City, dub. It's just as easy for me to say Andrew Locke going in KC, dub. Indianapolis obviously has the better run game and a better defense. In my opinion. When it comes to playoff football, those two things seem to be the most important. But you you do got Kansas City Chiefs playing in the loudest stadium, outdoor stadium, that is. It is loud. Been there. It is. Yeah. It's good stuff. (sighs) What time's the game at? 4.35 on Saturday. Hmm. Yeah. Just kind of 4:35 on Saturday. Tightens the grip for the Colts. 
Patty Mahomes. And not going to be as drunk and rowdy as one would hope. Patty Mahomes used to playing on Saturday. <laughs> used to lighten it up on Saturdays. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Kansas City Chiefs win against the Colts, finally getting Andy Reid over that hump and not crumbling when it matters. Yeah, how many playoff wins does Andy Reid have with the Chiefs? Uh, that would be not many, if any at all. Zero. Uh, correct answer is zero. I think uh, I think they get the first one. I don't. As but much as much, I, I'm literally like. It's a coin toss. It is. I'm like forty nine and a half and forty nine and a half right now. Fifty fifty. I should just say instead. <laughs> yeah, I would just go fifty fifty. Uh, that's fair. I think it's gonna be a really good game. I think I I really look forward to checking in on it. I mean. Uh. Big math guy over here. I mean, hopefully, uh, I'm scheduled and seg so I can watch it. Shout out 40, uh, 49 and a half plus 49 and a half only equals 99 anyway. So that one percent <laughs> is left for a tie. Oh, shoot, that's how close I am, though. Yeah, fuck. I, I, I could just, uh, you know, I, I so you could say 49 51, the 51 being the Colts. I don't know. Yeah, this is I, probably going to be my favorite game of the weekend because I'm going to be happy no matter what the outcome is. Either way, I'm not going to be surprised by who wins. No. I'll just yeah. say that. There's only one, two games. Well, I'd say 50-50 on the games as far as who's going to blow out their opponents. But, okay, so we got me and Damian on the Colts. We're yeah. buying into the Andrew Luck uh, train here. Bundy's with the Chiefs. That's fine. Next game. Interesting Part of me wants with... to go with the Chiefs just because Don went with the Colts. And that's bad. That's a bad omen. So, Hey, I was right about the Colts last week, though. You were. But everything else that we agreed upon on didn't go well. It did not. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. Uh, I was surprised all weekend. But the following game. Uh, okay. It might not be the following game. This is uh, we're just going in what I have written order. We have the four, number four seed Cowboys playing at... The number two seed Rams. This is in order so far. Okay. So you got the four seed Cowboys, two seed Rams. Uh, Dallas put a lot of doubters to rest last week, beating a very good Seattle team. But the Rams have had a week to relax and game plan. And good or playing, bad. They're playing good or in, bad. in L.A. outdoors. Uh, kudos to the Rams on both of those points. I think if the Rams can shake off the rust that comes with the week off, okay, if Jared Goff plays well and the running game is on point, then Dallas has no chance. If Todd Gurley has 100-plus yards and a tutter, Dallas has zero chance of winning this football game. I would say that. I would say the Rams win, but it's going to be close. So I have the Rams 
I honestly think it all comes down to Jared Goff. It does, hundred percent. If we've seen the Jared Goff that we've seen the last few weeks, yikes! I see the LA Rams getting bounced. But if Jared Goff plays like the way we've seen Jared Goff play earlier this year with the Cowboys, yikes! There's a lot of yikes factors in this game. I will say. Yeah, it could be very close. It could be a blowout. The thing is, though, for me, if it's going to be a blowout, most of my tendencies lead towards L.A. to blow them out. I don't see Dallas blowing out the Rams. No. I mean, I could, but it's going to take, like, three off three defensive turnovers for the Cowboys. Yeah. Only way it's going to be a blowout. It's possible. I think the Cowboys' defense is up to par. I just worry about Dak Prescott and situational football. I don't even worry about Dak Prescott, honestly. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay. One possession game in the fourth quarter, give me Dak Prescott. Not worried about it. Eh. Stats don't lie. Check I out guess. his blog, Don. Check. Refer to the blog. Refer to yeah. the blog, motherfucker. I read anyway. it, but I don't recall. But either way, I think uh, I think the Rams have the upper hand on a lot of parts. One, they're playing at home. Two, they're outdoors. Three, they're on a bye week. Um, Cole Beasley banged up. Okay. Alan, Alan Hearns snapped pretty fucking banged up. Yeah, he's pretty yeah. banged up. <laughs> Alan Hearns, he meant he play he meant to fucking huge ton of the Cowboys. So let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, his foot was facing the wrong way. Yeah, dude, that, that fucking, they show the clip, you know, Alan Hearns is on the ground, Joe Buck goes, yeah, I don't really know what's going on here, I have an injury on the field, Didn't, can't really see what's going on. I'm like, dude, do you not literally see this dude's fucking leg, like, poking out from his back in the complete opposite direction? And then they fucking do the slow-mo right before commercial, and they just get all up in the business and just see the fucking thing snap, and I was like, Wow. Did they did, rough. Am I am I wrong? I was at a bar and I was for not close to the TV. Um, when that when they showed the replay of it in slow mo, did they like? Did it seem like they saw it and then they're like, "Oh fuck, cut to commercial," or no? Maybe I don't know. That's that's pretty much what happened because apparently no one on the fucking. Fox broadcast seeing this dude literally snap his leg. Yeah. And they're like, okay, we're going to pan in. You know, it might be a little <laughs> twist. Might be a little twist or something, a little tweak. Boom, snap, instant commercial. Because it looked like to me, like the, it, once they finally got to the injury, there was a producer who was like, oh, fuck, cut to commercial. Yeah, cut it. Cut it. <laughs> fuck. And then they it's come back screen. like two minutes Kids later, watch. like, yeah, we're not going to reshow it. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> but no, I fucking lost my mind when I heard Joe Buck. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on out here. I don't know what really happened. I'm like, dude, his fucking leg is literally the complete opposite direction, poking out from his back. Like, He's on his, on his stomach, he's on his back, and you can just see his leg poking out from like the angle behind his back. I'm like, you literally do not see this fucking dude's leg. It's literally broken. The complete opposite way. Like, are you gross. fucking stupid? It was really gross. Entertaining, but gross. So, me and 
Oh yeah, I'm on. I'm on the Rams. I'm on the boys. Okay. I actually um, don't even want to. Pick. I uh. So the spread is the Rams seven points. If I was a betting man, I would be. I'd be I Dallas plus that. seven all day. Yeah, I would no. take Dallas. Even if they lose, they're not going to lose by seven. I don't think. I mean, last time Dak Prescott did go to L.A. preseason, first year. Not a big deal. No. Yeah. But, okay, the Rams Honestly, have the defense that they have now. I think it honestly comes down... It honestly comes down more how the Rams play, in my opinion. If the, the Rams defense, the defense is trash, defense is trash, Zeke's going to eat them up. Only helps the Cowboys. Jared Goff plays last three, four weeks. Jared Goff favors the Cowboys. Yeah. So honestly, I just... It's going to be a close one. If, last two, I don't think will if be. the Rams can literally put together like a solid all-around game on offensive defense, I'm taking the Rams. But I, I feel like the I feel like the Rams need to have more of the pieces together more than the Cowboys to win. Honestly, yeah. If you don't have all the pieces together on offense, the Cowboys' defense is not going to give much. No. And it's weird for me to say because the Cowboys' defense has been ass. Traditionally, yeah. Many years. Traditionally, yes. Um, so we got uh, me on the Rams, Damo on the Cowboys, Bundy undecided. And we got the uh, number five Chargers at the two seed Patriots. Uh, it's Tom Brady. It's January. It's Foxborough. Pats win 23-10. Not even close. Chargers get piss pounded. Ah, this one's pretty tough. much summed it up for me, Pats. As much as I, th- I think, old man, too many kids having daddy Philip Rivers get it done and deserves to get it done. You just don't ever want to play Tom Brady and Bill Belichick January in Foxborough. No, gonna have a bad time. You're gonna have a bad time. I just, uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm going to have to take the Patriots. History books. Solely based on history. Fair enough. Yep. So, I don't think, I don't think uh, Philly Rivers has it in him. I don't either. As much as Melvin, I like to. Uh, Melvin Gordon has not looked good. Wait a minute. If Melvin Gordon goes for over a hundo. Chargers win. I will say if Melvin Gordon goes for over a hundo and gets a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to find the end zone. I don't care if you got 300 yards. You don't find the end zone. So, the Patriots are obviously the favorites. Uh, I I wouldn't bet against Tom Brady at home. Not in January. Can't. Can't. So, Pats. Moving on from that, you got the six seed Eagles at the one seed Saints. You got the Eagles, Big Dick Nick going into New Orleans. Uh, I got the Saints winning by ten to fourteen. Nine inch Nick. I think nine inch Nick's magic sack gets cut off 
in this game. I think it does. Yeah. Think, uh, that front seven for, C- for uh, New Orleans is tremendous. I think the Eagles' defense is lackluster at best. I think Drew Brees makes him look terrible. Mitch Trubisky couldn't do it, but that's Mitch Trubisky, you know, second year as a full starter. Uh, Drew Brees a little more experience under his belt, a lot more weapons. I think I think the Saints win handily at home. I got the Saints by 10 plus. At Saints. Do you guys remember the last time that the Saints and the Eagles met up? That wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. It was this year. Yeah, like 45 to 17. Something like that. Yeah. Carson Wentz, even. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Fucking, fucking route. Yeah. Is it going to be 45 17? I doubt it. I bet it's going to be like 35 20. I was going to say 37 28. Playoffs, it's a whole different breed. I don't I don't see it being a huge blowout, but I don't expect Philadelphia to be able to compete. No. So I'm they gonna just take don't, the Saints. They don't have enough. Also, why didn't the goddamn Bears let the Vikings into the playoffs? They should have. Should have let them. Because the Bears beat them when they didn't have to. Vikings, the game meant everything to the Vikings, and they still fucking beat them. I think we should have let the Vikings in. Should have played our fucking third strings. Let the Vikings in. Play the Vikings at home. Probably beat the Vikings, because the Vikings were a sad football team this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Pride, I guess, mostly. Probably. Well, Pride really fucked us on this one. Pride, fuck you. That's right. Like, yeah. you know, like the Eagles, anymore. they just find a way to win. It's really annoying, even though they're not very good. So, but if they let the Vikings in, they'd have a better shot. Playoff football. It's better be lucky than good. So, for our post or preseason Super Bowl picks, I am still in contention with the Pats and Rams. I had the Rams and the Steelers. The Steelers didn't even make the fucking playoffs. That hurts. I had the Pats and Rams. So I need the Rams to take care of business at home against the Cowgirls. Okay. Good one, Donald. Good one. Throw up, throw up 40-plus. Let Dak fucking fester in his own mediocrity. <laughs> throw up that sweet 17 points. 17 more than the Broncos in playoffs. Yeah, you ain't wrong. Broncos are rebuilding. They're just... I don't even know. That's No, we're not going to get into it. Don't, no, stop it there. Yep, yep, absolutely. They're rebuilding, and that is a, a wrap on Broncos talk. Yeah, rebuilding. See you in three years. Maybe four, maybe five. Yeah, whatever. Possibly doesn't seven. Matter. Doesn't Possibly matter at this point. 20. I bet you they make playoffs next year. Maybe they're new Lions. I'd next actually year. like to put money on that, Don. 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Air shake. Yep. Thanks, buddy. You owe me a handy, too, by the way, if they win. Mm, I didn't shake on that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a gentleman's bet. Mm, sure.
But that's really all I have for this episode as far as news and updates. Same. I got some PUBG to play and some booze to drink, so... Anyone else have anything to uh, add on? Bundy, anything you want to say? Uh, not so much. Got uh, some good football coming this weekend again. You know, yeah. it's good to be back on the podcast again. Second straight week. Yeah. After I got suspended or whatever that was, I don't even know. I think you'll be on next Term- week. Termination, too, maybe. I'm also off Tuesday, Wednesday, next week. So. But no, yeah, I'm hoping to... Uh, to get in and to get into some hockey a little bit more, yeah, eventually. But you know, right now it's just kind of at the at the midway point. So hockey's kind of yeah, it's there's not really, too much to talk about right now. Quick, quick question: thoughts on uh, Penguins possibly being in the uh, Stanley Cup again this year? The Penguins will not be in the Stanley Cup this year. No. Colorado uh, Avalanche will be. I will put money on that. I'm not putting money on it. I just... And uh, they deserve it. Yeah. Anybody want to make a bet? For what? No. Penguins making the Stanley Cup? No. I don't. <laughs> no. All right. I don't want to well, put money on it. to talk about NHL, mm-hmm. since it's just got brought up and thrown into my face, the Flyers tie NHL record... As they have started their seventh starting goalie this year. Seven. Yikes. Wow. That's seventh goalie. Doesn't Brian Elliott have the most wins for them and it's like six wins? Or it's something? Like, not yeah. good. Whatever is going on. L.A. is fucking booty. Ilya Kovalchuk was fucking a great pickup. <laughs> Anaheim has been giving me fucking heart and head problems all year, so there's that. Flyers are fucking dumpster fire, and their fucking new mascots addicted to morphine or something. I don't know. That thing's fucking ugly as shit. And then, uh, that's about it, I guess, so far. Brian Elliott be their best one. He's 23-11-7 with a three goals against average. A playoff record of one and three. I also, I also this year's stats, but no. But the the Flyers fired their head coach during the year about a few weeks ago. Oh, this year I don't know. Yeah, and that is literally the third coach they've had in existence since arriving in the league. That is their third coach. Wow. Which I thought to be a pretty, pretty impressive stat, honestly. Because they've been in the league since uh, at least the sixties, I think. Sixty-seven. He's uh, thirteen and six this year. Okay. I heard something about it last night. Two point six GAA. It's not bad. No. It's not terrible. It's not great either, though. Something to do with hockey that I I just forgot. I thought it was something to do with, like, the World Juniors or something, but... But I can't 
can't put my finger on it as of right now. But no, the USA Don, did lose this year. Run. This year, Brian Elliott has six wins, seven losses, and a two point five nine goals against average with a nine nine eleven. Never forget save percentage. Damn. Nice. Heavy. Yeah, I don't know. The Flyers are just fucking mess. And then NHL is going to be going to Seattle soon, a couple of years. When are they picking the name for that, or they have they picked that? They haven't picked a name yet, but I really hope it's something pretty cool and not something really stupid. How about Colorado having the most overtime losses of any team in the NHL? Anaheim's up there, too. I don't know that much. How about uh, the Red Wings Colorado constantly leading eight. going into the third period? Holy fuck, dude. Losing always. The fucking used car sales lot of the NHL, the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, how many fucking years can you just fucking... You, you guys literally draft. I mean, yeah, you draft high, usually in the draft all the time, but you generally find some good talent. And you literally let them sit in the minors for how long? They get picked up somewhere else. They go out and they fucking flourish. And then you guys proceed to sign fucking old men who are just at the end of their careers, get hurt. And then you just hold on to these guys who just constantly get hurt. Darren Helm being one, Justin Abdelkader. Fucking, I'm pretty sure they're still paying fucking Johan Franzen. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't played in fucking five years. Yeah. Like, fucking figure it out. Holy Christ. Yeah, it's not good. I don't. I haven't seen a Red Wings game this year because they don't play Red Wings games here in uh, in Iowa, believe it or not. Red Wings, not a huge thing here. Um, but I have, you know, kind of, I mean, I've kept up with them a little bit by watching scores and highlights and all this stuff and, it's depressing because you, you always have some hope. It's like, oh, second end of the second period, we're up. Nice. Up by a couple. Great. No. Uh, and then, uh, you know, either they lose in overtime or they lose in the third period. They lose that lead and it's just uh, Honestly, it's fun. Being a Wings fan, you literally want them to be losing in the third period because you have a better, cha- better fucking chance of winning than you do sure. going in with a lead. The last three years... Last year, I think it was especially, or the year before that, I don't know, it was either one of the last two years, these fuckers would be going into the third period with a 3-2-1 goal lead, and somehow they managed to lose it in, like, the last three minutes, and they end up fucking losing the game. Mm-hmm. Three-goal lead, three minutes left, you're pretty safe, not for the Red Wings. No. Not a chance. Oh, it's tough. And holy fuck. The other day, because we all know how fucking stellar the Detroit Red Wings fucking blue line is with their fucking piece of shit defenseman that they have. Cronwall, too old. Jonathan Erickson should have been on the league fucking six years ago. Absolutely. They were playing Toronto. Yep, it was Toronto. They had a one-goal lead with 23 seconds left. Someone on the sideboards, literally all he had to do was just eat the puck. Just eat the puck, get a whistle or something, or just kill the rest of the time. No, 
The dude literally passes it to the front of like the front of the net, towards the front of the net. Cronwall fucking bounce pass off the boards. Perfect one T to the fucking Maple Leafs D man who just fucking sends it home for a goal. And I, I watched that goal and I was just like What the fuck are you guys doing? That all around Red Wings. All around terrible fucking play. I mean, yeah, I get it. You don't want the, the, the puck to be in the corner, I guess. But I personally, I never would have made the play putting it towards the front of the net when you have a one-goal lead, 20 seconds left in the third period. Well, then for fucking Cronwell, just to fucking put it up on a platter <laughs> was just fucking absolute definition of the wing season and the wings of last year, how bad they are defensively and how bad the wings probably will be. Next year as well. Yep. It's bad to watch. It's tough to watch. Honestly, if like I got my Anaheim Ducks first guy. Through and through. You like the wings. But it's just it's just so fucking exhausting. Watching these guys play and watching what the general management and the front office does. With the with the players that they sign, yeah, we're in a rebuilding year. They come out and say it. And then they go out and fucking sign some dude who's fucking thirty three. Fucking twenty nine year old fucking grinder who has like five NHL games experience. Expect him to fucking light it up. And you got these young kids in the HL who are ripping it up. They bring them up for two games, then they get claimed off waivers. Bye. No, no, no longer in the fucking Red Wings organization. Like, was it Yarn Crook was one of them? I think he went to Nashville or something. And then another guy who was young didn't clear waivers because everyone but the Red Wings knew that they were going to be pretty much decent. Mm-hmm. Gone. Bye. <laughs> I don't know. I think Kenny. Fuck you doing? Yeah, it's the way she goes. Stevie's got to fucking come back to Detroit and fucking make some moves. Absolutely. Kenny's got to go. I don't know. I think the Red Wings are going to suck for at least another two years. At least. They, they honestly, they literally... Anthony C is there, fast, good player. He doesn't even want to fucking be there, pretty much. Why would you? He's playing for a paycheck. And fucking Larkin's good. Mm-hmm. Obviously, probably the next captain. You don't have much. Not much to look forward there, except for their two young prospects they drafted this year. But who will more than likely end up in other NHL franchises within exactly. the next three years? Who knows? Who knows how long they're gonna fucking dwell in Grand Rapids before they're finally picked up by somebody else? And then just light them up. Because yeah. that's that's Wings fashion. That's yeah. Wings Hawk. Yep. So it's been uh it's been really fun talking about all my teams that I suck donkey dick. It's awesome. Welcome yeah, to the club. For you. 
You guys want to talk about the Tigers too while we're at it? Like, no. Don't even get me started on the Tigers. No. We got fuck the Tigers. Months from now, we'll, we'll talk about the Tigers in months from now. Yeah. How many ex Tigers are on the fucking Red Sox World Series team this year? Oh, um, All right, that's Three, enough. For the and, they, and they've all, and they've all <laughs> played together. Uh, yeah. Can we? How now? bad is that? <laughs> Was I fucking rattled when I seen all those players? And I'm like. He played for the Tigers. He, he played, for, played the Tigers. for the Tigers. Yeah. Tigers. He played for the Tigers. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he also played for the Tigers. Boy. I want to look look up that roster real quick just to see. <laughs> I think there's five. I think there's five of them. If I remember correctly. Five or four or five. Maybe even more than that. Brutal. Uh, J.D. Martinez. Yep. Let's see here. David Price. Rick, Rick Purcello. David Price. J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez. Ian Kinsler. Was that four? Yeah. That's four. And you're just like... Not... Oh, it was it was five, including... The old general manager. Who's the general manager in Boston, though? The old general manager of the Tigers. Porcello Price. Yep, Kinsler. Jade, yep. Holy fuck. And the old general <sighs> manager. Excellent. Just to top it all off. Yep. Alex Cora? No. No. Manager for uh, That's um, who he is right now. I don't know. Dombrowski. Yeah. Okay. But either way, the Bears lost. The Red Wings suck. Tigers suck. It must be it must be the Detroit thing. I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah. They know what they know what their issues are, but they just don't attend to them. Tigers, sick lineup when they were actually decent. Yeah. Sick starting pitching, sick batting order, and who do you got to relieve and close out games? Fucking nobody. And why'd you lose games? Because your mid and fucking closing pitchers. Sucked absolute donkey dick. Big fan. Not a big fan because it fucking sucks. Just seeing your teams literally do nothing when you know they're the problem and you just sit there and smash your fucking head season after season. Like, you know what? We could probably make the World Series if we got some bullpen pitching. (laughs) Nah, we'll bring back Alavila. That's a solid one, two. Hey, five. Fernando Rodney is a tremendous middle reliever. I will not have Detroit. He actually was pretty fucking solid. Yeah, when he left, he was good. That was got, about the last time I watched the Tigers Papa play. Grande, Fernando Rodney played. Papa Grande, fucking stellar first half of the year. Second half blows up. Let's not forget about Joe Nathan, though. Yeah. 35-year-old closer, bringing mom in. 
Bring him on in. Sucked. Oh, my goodness. Well, myself with this fucking mic cord. Yeah, I'm depressed. Anyway. Can we be done now? Yeah. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook, Anything But Basketball, Instagram, and Twitter. Anything But Basketball on Twitter, it's But Basketball. Uh, give us a listen, give us a like, and uh, let us know what you think and our messages on Facebook. And that's about all I got for you today. So, See ya. I'll see you later. Peace out, guys.